1: When
0: I was about 25 year old. I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're chatting with Pastor and Speaker Ross Bellos.
1: Hi, Matt. Thanks. It's a privilege and an honour to be here with you guys. Um, yeah, I was born in Greece um, in a little village way up on the mountains near the Albanian border. It's the most greenest part of Greece. It doesn't look like Greece. Greece is is very rocky and dry, uh, but there it's very, very luscious. So it's a beautiful mountain area. And I came here when I was a baby, one one and a half year old. My uh-huh. dad had left as soon as I was born, and um, not as soon as I was born, after a few months, came to prepare the way here in Australia, and then my mum and I came here in 1965. I was born in 1964.
0: Well, there you go, and tell us about your upbringing. Did you have like a religious upbringing?
1: Uh, of course, I was a proper Orthodox kid. I was bat- I was baptised as a baby in water. I mean, yeah, I could do my cross both with both hands, and I do it the, the, the proper way, not the Catholic way, because the Catholics <laughs> are considered heretics to the Greek Orthodox.
0: <laughs> so you're a very very strict Greek Orthodox, and did you have a uh, conversion experience at some stage. Tell us what happened.
1: Yeah, I grew up in Melbourne, and with Hurricane Tracy, my dad was a builder. We nearly ended up moving into Darwin to rebuild the city in 1974 on Christmas Eve. But uh, he ended up staying in Melbourne, and uh, he, <laughs> the classic thing that he ended up doing was buying a fish and chip shop <laughs> in Yarrawonga. is <laughs> on the border of Victoria and New South Wales on the Murray River. And uh, it's an old Anzac song. We're going back again to Yarrawonga. You the in Yarrawonga. <laughs> so the Anzacs used to sing that because there were a lot of men from Yarrawonga. And that's where I met the Lord at the age of 16. Um, I was the honours student in Fitzroy High School in Melbourne. But when I went there, I discovered what WOG meant. I was the only foreigner in that town of 3,500 3, people. And now it's, probably, now it's about 7,500 people, that that town, mm. the population. But there I was ostracized and I tried to commit suicide three times because uh, I couldn't walk out the streets without being bashed or, you know, chased around <laughs> to <Wow>. be bashed. <laughs> ah. So in school, the first week in school, I had my ribs broken and I, I grew up with the name Spiros. That's where Ross comes from. Mm-hmm. My full name is actually Spiridon and I did not know. That until I got a passport when we went back to Greece in, when I was 20 years old.
2: <laughs> wow.
1: So my mum and dad never called me Spidevon, but They call you Spiros when you have that kind of Greek name. Mm. It's a very, very official and uh, honourable name, Spirivon, but Spiros is for short, so I just made it even shorter still.
0: And tell us about so, your you, conversion experience. Was it like at a church service or a youth camp? How, how did you come to Christ?
1: Yeah, it was, I, I failed uh, Year eleven, for the first time in my life, the um, honest student did not know how to go home and take the report card that my dad's son failed. I was the first firstborn of five kids, and I really did not know how to go home and show the report card. So I had to repeat year eleven. And in year eleven, two Christians, and they were the honest students of each year of that high school. And repeating year eleven, I that was the best thing that happened to me because that's when I uh, met these guys, and they used to have a a meeting, it's called Salt and Light, every Wednesday at lunchtime in the library. And since I had no friends and no one would keep me company because it was like I was a leper, <laughs> I went there and they were accepting me and I felt accepted. So I was going to their meetings on the Wednesdays and one time they invited me to go with them to Wangaratta roller skating because the youth group from the Church of Christ that they were involved with were going to Wangaratta for a roller skating night and I went and I broke my leg (laughs) first time roller skating I could ice skate because we were taught ice skating in Melbourne uh, but I did not know how to roller skate so breaking my leg uh, made me come to the Lord really the um, Paul Stossard was the name he led me to the Lord one time outside our cafe he saw me with a plaster cast from all the way from up my hip down to my toes I had a butterfly brake, they call it. It was a spiral brake that went all the way down. The whole bone was crushed. Ooh. And I couldn't move, so I had this gigantic plaster cast, and he came and witnessed to me after church. He was riding with his bike. I was on the main street of the uh, cafe we had on the main street, and uh, I got born again through the Four Spiritual Laws.
0: So for those who don't know the Four Spiritual Laws, that's uh, something that is a campus crusade for Christ, uh, has used for many years to uh, share the gospel. Is that is that right?
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yes.
0: And do, do you know them off the top of your head? Here's a
1: quick test. <laughs> that was more than 40 years ago. brother. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know the first one. It's faith. The engine is faith.
0: Yeah. Good.
1: And that's where I was. I was in the last caboose. I was going by emotions and knowledge, but yeah, I, I got to the point of coming out of the caboose and going to the engine to see how the engine is working. So I went to the faith.
0: Wow. Well, they say that a lot of people have to be broken before they receive Christ. And you were literally broken. Your leg was broken. And then you came to Christ. And so tell us a bit about your early faith journey. Like, did you go to church straight away? What was it like starting to go to church after becoming a Christian?
1: Yeah, he invited me to come to church that very night on a Sunday night because back then we had. Sunday morning and Sunday night. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't really happen that often anymore. (laughs) But yeah, I went and he said, he actually encouraged me that, you know, if you've made a stand for Christ, then Christ himself will make a stand for you in front of his Father and the Holy Angels when we get to heaven. So he encouraged me to do that because the pastor will give a call at the end. And I went there. With my leg in the cast, my dad actually took me. My dad was totally against me going to these churches. He he considered them, they weren't churches, they were just country clubs to him because they were not not orthodox. Mm -hmm. He tried to raise us up as good orthodox kids. Um, He took me there and the pastor had a, or the minister, Minister Keith Pitts, I still remember his name. He actually made the call. In the Church of Christ, if anyone wants to acknowledge Jesus as a Savior, and I had an internal battle. I was sitting way at the back, the last pew, because I had a broken leg, and it was brand new at that with the broken leg and the crutches. I did not know to use them well enough. And my heart was just pounding. I wanted to go, but I couldn't go, and I didn't want to go. I just couldn't make a decision. I don't know how I found myself in the front of the church, shaking the pastor's hand. <laughs> till today. I... Not today. I did. I found out after when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Lord uh, showed me what happened, but I could not explain how I found myself in the front of the church saying, "Yes, I have received Jesus today, and I want to acknowledge Him as my Lord and Savior." I don't know how. I, I did not know how I got there. My body just went there, and I don't know how it happened.
0: Wow, what a great story of uh, you know that guy reaching out to you. Leading it to Jesus and then making a public direct declaration that night. Uh, it's a it's a great story. Let's let's uh, walk through your journey. So, uh, what did you do for a career after school? What was the next steps for you?
1: Well, I, as I said, I was and and you said it very well. I was broken. Not just my bone was broken; my soul was broken. I, I was really broken. I was battling um, with depression. I did not know how to handle it. You know, and I'm the, I'm supposed to be the oldest of five kids. I'm there's actually a title for the oldest of five kids in Greek. It's called The Protector. He's the protector of the family. I mean, it, if the father goes away and dies, I mean, it's my role to step up.
2: Mm.
1: And I, I just did not know how to do that or be that. And I was in a lot of depression, a lot of... Uh, uh, so I failed. I passed the year 11. Then I did H1. I I dropped out of that. So then I did a second year, and I knew I was going to fail, so I failed that a second time. <laughs> so it was a really tough... And, but I was very good at uh, business. I mean, I was called the hamburger king. I was called the coffee king of Yarrawonga. Mm-hmm. They all loved my hamburgers. They all loved my coffees. I'm actually a qualified barista trainer right now, and I set up cafes. It's one of my qualifications, so I'm very good at making espresso coffees. Mm. So I was good at business. I was running one of the shops. We ended up having two cafes in Yarrawonga, and I was running one of them for eight months. And I said to my dad, no, I want to go back to school. I should get this certificate and finish it. So I went back, but I failed. And then my dad made the decision. He's one of the few immigrants that actually went back to the fatherland after working in a foreign land for 20 years. That's how they, that's how they call it in Greece. So, I mean, we, we, we still were foreigners, even though we had Australian passports.
2: Mm.
1: In Garawonga, you can tell that you're the foreigner. I mean, the way they treat you and, you know, in, in the outback, Australia, there really is a lot of um, that kind of uh, racism mm. going. Mm. Look, back then, there was. This is going back 40 years, right? Mm. So, I mean, even anyone that wasn't from Yarrawonga was called the Rubberneck. Rubberneck, that's what we called them, Rubbernecks.
2: Mm. <laughs> mm.
1: And, you, and if I can just tap into that, sorry if I can say that, we still have it today. I mean, when the, when the um, uh, cricket teams come to Australia to play with us, we call them tourists we don't even give them the respect and the honor that they're our contender they're challenging us. do you see what I'm trying to get at
0: yeah I do yeah
1: yep I'm, I'm not I don't have any animosity because I love this land and that's why I'm still here. I chose to come back here 16 years ago so my dad was one of the few immigrants that went back to his country a self-made man he retired at 47 because he really worked hard he's left you know, a few fingers behind here in Australia as so builder that he was with the electric saw and then he worked hard. I mean, he was working seven days a week at the cafes that were running and he made it back. So I went back to Greece at 20 years old.
0: Wow. Got
1: the whole family. And that's where I discovered, oh, my official name is Spirivon. It's not Spiros. (laughs) I thought, wow. And it took me a long time to find out what Spirivon means. It's actually biblical. It's it's written in the Bible twice in the original Greek language and the we call it koina in English. They butchered the Greek language. It's supposed to say kini, which means the common language. Mm. And it's the, it literally means a round fisherman's basket. Mm. Wonderful. So I, must, so I must be a basket case. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, mate, tell us a bit about uh, your ministry uh, you're involved with. You do a lot of prayer ministry these days. What, what are you doing these days?
1: Well, let me start from in Greece. I started there, and the Lord was using me as an evangelist. Um, I would smuggle Bibles with YWAM into communist Bulgaria when there was communism still. And I was one of the first to actually lead the um, Bulgarian churches on how to do open-air evangelism and street evangelism after communism fell. So I had my own evangelistic team for 12 years in Greece until I became a pastor of a Polish church. A Greek being a pastor of a Polish church in Athens. <laughs> Go figure. And I speak now three languages. I speak Polish as well, but I didn't learn it from my wife. My wife is Polish. I learned Polish from my sheep. So yes. I had to speak with them. And then the Lord called me back here in Australia 16 years ago, nearly 60 years ago, to start a Polish work, which I did. I started a Polish church, but God didn't mean church. He meant work. And I I, I interpreted work as a church, so I resigned six months later, and I was still f- trying to figure out why he called me here for Polish work. And we have got some inroads with some Polish uh, pastors and and congregations. I started another home group, just Bible teaching, and when coronavirus hit, we that just split up again and just let it go because it was just too far for people to meet and come together and mm. you know do all that. So a lot of change has happened with the coronavirus again.
2: Mm.
1: So and the Lord now has led me into doing gathering pastors from all over Australia for prayer meetings once every three months, once every quarter. The vision is to actually have one stadium in every state across Australia on the same weekend where the church can come in and pray according to Second Chronicles 7.14, where it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Four things we've got to do. Humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways. Not the world's wicked ways, our wicked ways. Then God will hear from heaven and forgive our sins and heal our land. So according to that scripture, we've been organizing um, prayer meetings once every three months from state to state with pastors There's a difference that we're doing. We're calling pastors to pray because Jesus quoted the scripture from Zephaniah and he said, I will strike the shepherds so the sheep will be scattered. The same thing is true, that if we get the shepherds together, the sheep will be gathered. So that's why we want to honour the pastors and let them lead the charge in prayer and the whole church come in praying. Um, going on to this, God's given us some revelation on how to go about it and some strategies. Moses, when he had the word from God to go back to Egypt, 40 years he was a fugitive, 40 years he thought he'd left Egypt behind, but God called him right back there. And if you know the story, Moses did not go straight to Pharaoh. Mm. He went to the elders of Israel. He first got the elders of, the, of Israel together to be on board with his vision. Mm. And they had to be on board because then they didn't get a rosy life. Pharaoh made their life harder. Pharaoh made it so hard. I mean, these, these elders were with him even though through the thick and thin of it. So that's what our strategy is. So we honor the leaders that are before us as the leaders and the fathers of the house. And they're the ones who are responsible for the sheep. Uh, the local bodies, the local churches, and we want to have a conglomeracy and a network of pastors where it'll be such a momentum that we can actually have this vision fulfilled that across Australia on the same weekend, we have stadiums opened up in every state where we can come in together as a church body, the bride of Christ, interdenominationally, cross-culturally. And that's what we're doing over Zoom
0: now. so good to hear that you're gathering people to pray and uh, we're just believing that we're going to see the answers to these prayers in the future as well. Uh, it's always a privilege to catch up with you, Ross. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. There you'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry, and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater, and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. Matt Prater's latest book is now available. History Makers, Devotions, Downloads, and Dad Jokes. It will take you on a journey through God's Word and will hopefully give a few laughs along the way. It's just $15 plus postage. Order now at historymakersradio.com. Discounts available for bulk orders. The heart behind this book is to challenge people to get into the habit of daily devotions with Jesus. Find out more at historymakersradio.com. Station sponsor.
1: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.